It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, one of your hosts, along with James Rapine, the other one of your hosts. You can find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL and at James Rapine. Follow us individually on Twitter and follow the podcast at Locked On Bengals for your daily updates on what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. What's up, Bengals fans? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Big news day. News day, news weekend. It really goes back to Friday when I actually tweeted, James, this was this would be a really good day to record a podcast. There's a lot going on. The most we've had going on in Cincinnati in weeks, months, maybe. And we're catching up today. Lots to catch you up on, including the first Bengal to opt out officially. A second Bengal who will be opting out officially, according to reports in the near future. A potential to replace one of those Bengals opting out. We got a Joe Burrow press conference to talk about. And then we are going to continue our positional preview on the defensive side of the ball. Strategically, again, with the least dramatic position group first. And that's going to be the safety position. But first, let's get into this tons of news that that happened really all on Friday. And a few Bengals starting to opt out with more potentially coming down the pike. Something that we need to keep an eye on. And James, the first Bengals player to opt out is not a huge impact for this roster. It's a guy that really was kind of borderline to make the roster in the first place. And that's offensive lineman Isaiah Prince. He was a late round draft pick last year. Did not stick with the Miami Dolphins. And the Bengals claimed him off waivers in December. However, the one expected to come this week, Josh Tupo, an important rotational piece known by me for his fantastic tackle of Lamar Jackson in the open field in 2019. 
This is a player the Bengals will need to replace, especially after losing Ryan Glasgow with that failed physical. There's very little depth behind the starters on the interior defensive line in Geno Atkins and DJ Reader. Suddenly it's looking really thin. And when I saw the Tupo news, Jake, I thought of you right away because I know how much you you love that play where he's able to somehow track down Lamar Jackson in the open field. And it stinks because he's a guy that you thought could fill that role and be a compliment and, and was a, a low-cost young guy, hungry guy that, that wanted to prove himself in the league. And, and so he opts out on top of Ryan Glasgow failing a physical and suddenly – uh, a defensive line that you felt pretty good about it. And on the interior, you could have argued they could have used another guy. At the same time, it's like, oh, well, they're in good shape. Well, now they definitely need at least one more body. And it's tough to get an, an established, proven, capable player at this stage of the offseason. So it's certainly going to be up to that scouting department of the Bengals, that coaching staff, to to find someone that could come in and, and be a compliment to DJ Reader and Geno Atkins because they certainly need it. And there are some guys out there, but they likely will command bigger money than the Bengals want to spend for a guy that's effectively replacing a rotational piece. And some of those names are guys like Marcel Darius or Damon Harrison. And I don't think that those names, unless they're willing to take a lot less money and come to Cincinnati for some reason, are the kinds of names that you'll see the Bengals able to woo. And here's why. Eddie Goldman, star defensive tackle for the Chicago Bears, opted out. Star Lodalele, good defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills, opted out. Michael Pierce, prized free agent signing in Minnesota from Baltimore, opted out. There are a lot of good teams, contending teams, that have seen their starting interior defenders opt out in the last few days. And that means that the competition will be fierce for this interior defensive line market as teams are looking to fill in gaps created by this pandemic and jake you and i reported it that the Bengals certainly interested and have expressed interest in doma Tapeco, a guy 35 years old certainly passed his prime Bengals fans uh are, are very familiar with the guy who spent 10 seasons in cincinnati he was drafted in 2006 and i look at it and it makes a lot of sense to me and this isn't the same thing as just bringing back the old guy the whole time like can he be a compliment on this team, could he be a veteran presence on a, an extremely young team? I I say yes. And he, it's not like he's not familiar with Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins. So some of his former teammates are still there. I wouldn't be shocked at all if the interest is mutual here. And I, actually, I think the interest is mutual. I wouldn't be shocked if a deal gets done. And, and if it does, I wouldn't argue with it. I know there are a lot of fans that are excited about a potential reunion with the Bengals with Doma Tapeco. On the other side, there are some fans saying, Go get a young guy with upside or go get someone else. He's old. He's 35 years old. I wouldn't have an issue with it. I think there's a surprising amount of division on Domada Peko. I thought he was a fan favorite. I think he would be a fan favorite if he came back, would provide a lot of good veteran leadership, which I know doesn't count very much for winning football games sometimes, but does have some sort of value. He had his best seasons really since his second season when he went to Denver in 2017 and 2018. And was kind of a Jekyll and Hyde for Baltimore last year, played about 20 snaps a game, had a couple games that were good, a couple games that were bad. Some other names out there that might make sense for the Bengals, looking at a salary perspective, could be a guy like Timmy Jernigan from the Philadelphia Eagles. He only made $2 million last year. He's 28 years old, similar role 
to what Pecco could do for the Bengals. And the other guy I think worth talking about is Sylvester Williams, made the veteran minimum last year, 32 years old, a little bit older, but a true nose tackle type. And I think that is the kind of player the Bengals need as a backup, given that Rennell Wren exists on the team. Andrew Brown can kick inside in more of the pass rushing role. So there are some names out there, but I expect that the competition for these names will start to ramp up as more big guys around the NFL continue to opt out at a high rate. Plenty of names, right? Like that, there are guys like you've heard of, uh, of Doma Tapeco, obviously, if you're a Bengals fan. Uh, Marcel Darius, you've heard of him. Like th- these are guys that ha- have established themselves in the league. And I think that's a good spot to be in if you are a team like the Bengals that isn't expected to contend has suddenly a new weakness up front that it didn't expect to have a couple of, you know, even a couple of weeks ago. And now it's a weakness. Now it's something that you have to address and you have lower cost options that you could um, potentially sign. As far as Peko goes, um, just to, to focus on him for one second, I do think that if you're the Bengals, you could wait, talk to some of these other guys first, because while there's probably some interest in Peko, I don't think anyone's running to get him at this moment, given all the names that are out there. I, I do think he'll be on a roster week one, um, but but he's a, he's certainly a guy that I think could be there for a little bit and has ties to Cincinnati. So take your time here. Find the right guy. Maybe it is Darius. Maybe it's one of these other guys. Maybe it's someone we haven't talked about. Um, but the Bengals, they should have a little vetting process, so to speak, and then whoever they ultimately bring in for a visit will, will likely be the guy they sign. And as you mentioned, James, both of us, have heard from independent sources that the Bengals have reached out to Domata Pecco and that there is some mutual interest there from Pecco's side, who, as was reported last week by Tom Pelissero, is in quote-unquote great shape and wants to play at least one more season. I can say that there are a few other teams that have reached out to him, including one team that he's played for and one team with a coaching connection. So there is some competition for his services according to what I've heard, and we'll have to see how that shakes out. But the good news is I think there are a few options out there for the Bengals, and bringing Pecco back would be a lot like bringing Andre Smith back last year, right? They they finally brought a guy back that they have familiarity with, which we hadn't seen, and I actually said this when I was talking to Paul Daner on Twitter about it, like, oh, they're, they're not doing that anymore. They're not bringing guys back from Marvin's tenure. And then somebody reminded me, what about Andre Smith? And I was like, you know what, honestly, I... I might not have even seen him play for the Bengals last year because I wasn't paying attention to those games, but uh, I, I just forgot about it. Yeah, and if Pecco does come back, this is an interesting thing, and I know fans care about jersey numbers. Sam Hubbard has number 94, you know, so good luck, Domitai. You're going to have to get a different number, and I know he's 96 with the Ravens, um, so, so who knows what number he'll get. But I would be fine with Pecco. Like, I, I think, again, if you were bringing in Andre Smith like the Bengals have multiple times to start when he's clearly not in that realm anymore, it's one thing. If you're bringing him in to be a role player, complementary player, and a backup, which is really what Pekka would be, I'm fine with that. And, and I think the, the Bengals would be too. Obviously, they're going to look at a, a couple of other options probably as well. Let's talk about snacks. And, and I don't mean Damon Harrison's snacks. I mean DoorDash. You need to continue to support those restaurants, right? Because restaurants are having a tough time in the country right now. And the way to do that safely is to look at DoorDash because there are thousands of restaurants open for delivery that need your patronage now more than ever. And this is a great way 
to continue to support those restaurants in your community that you've loved for years. I love DoorDash. It's it's so easy. Look, they have over 300,000 partners in the US, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. And, and ordering is the best because all you do is you open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food is going to be left safely outside your door. They have new contactless delivery drop-off setting. It doesn't matter if you live in the suburbs. It doesn't matter if you live downtown. DoorDash is perfect for you. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Locked On. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On. That's code Locked On for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Coming up next, we get into Joe Burrow's first press conference in Paul Brown Stadium. James Rapine was there, got to ask some questions. Dave Lapham asked a question that I wanted to ask. We'll get into what Joe Burrow said and how good is he at coach speak, at quarterback speak, whatever you want to call it, coming up next. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's keep things rolling here on the Locked On Bengals podcast with Joe Burrow. The top pick spoke for the first time with local reporters since draft night uh, on Friday. And he had a lot to say. And, and Jake, one thing that was reported on Bengals.com and then Joe talked about some that stood out to me. And I think this is important, even though it didn't include A.J. Green or Tyler Boyd, is that Joe has thrown to Auden Tate, Drew Sample, uh, T. Higgins. He's gotten to work with some of these guys that are going to be a part of the passing game. And I think that's that's super important because I don't really worry as much about veterans like Boyd and, and A.J. Green. But you want to build as much chemistry as you can. And if you can do that early, the, the, the more earlier the better. So I think that was one of the top takeaways is the fact that he's been able to throw to those guys semi-regularly over the past couple of weeks. And I think Burrow said it takes, you know, six, seven throwing sessions for him to learn the way that these guys run routes differently, learn their body language, learn the little idiosyncrasies of the quarterback wide receiver relationship. So that's really not a ton of time. It doesn't, there's plenty of time, I guess I'm saying in the next couple of weeks to figure this out because conditioning starts today. If you're listening on Monday, They're, the Bengals are starting their conditioning program today. They've done their physicals on Saturday and Sunday. So we'll start to see a little bit more about if there are any other players that need to hit that COVID list, that's going to come out where we're going to see if there are any more opt-outs coming and there might be, there might not be. We know that Zach Taylor said, and Bengals reporters have said they're talking about it. They're respecting the players wishes on this and they're going to be supportive either way. So it's nice to get that from the organization. But to your point, James, we also heard from Tyler Dragon that, John Ross was part of these workouts. Joe Burrow been in Cincinnati for, he said, a couple weeks now. He, he bought a house and he's been getting together with these teammates that are also in Cincinnati. And he, he went through his first walkthrough after he signed his contract. My favorite part, actually, there, there's all this theater around his signing, James. 
there's a press conference. The Bengals did that video of him walking onto the field past the Jack Club. There were the pictures of him signing his deal. But what got me was reading a Jeff Hobson piece. And he said he was talking to Burrow. And then Zach Taylor came in and grabbed him to take him out to walkthroughs. And that's what got me because I didn't know that they were starting walkthroughs at all. But the fact that Joe Burrow is doing football things in Paul Brown Stadium of all the stuff that came out, and maybe this makes me weird, that's what gave me chills. I get it. I mean, because it's been such a, a long time, right, that we, we've waited for this moment and fans have waited for this moment. It, it hasn't just been since the draft. It's been November. December, whenever you decided that Joe Burrow was your guy yeah. and, and everyone was different, whether it was the win over Tua, whether it was Clemson, doesn't matter. Um, and, and, and so you've been waiting for this moment and now he's in Bengals gear. He's wearing a Bengals practice jersey. He's walking out onto the field. He's working with his coaches. He's working with some teammates. He's throwing to his, the rookies that are on the team. He's doing football activity. But the, the thing to me, and I can't fathom this, but he just signed a deal. That's going to guarantee him $36 million, 23.88 of which he's going to receive within 15 days of signing set paper. And he looks reporters right now and he's like, man, I just want to get to work. I'm, I'm not going to live off this money and all that stuff. I, I thought that was interesting that he just plans on living off endorsements. And then he posts on Instagram, I signed a paper today. It's, it's just he's so focused, I think, on the football side of it, Jake, that – Everyone talks about his maturity, and in any time anyone talks to him or comes in contact with him, teammates, coaches, analysts, media members, it seems like it, everybody's saying the same thing. And I know we've talked about it some, but it's just – it's good to see, I guess. It's not surprising necessarily, but it's good to see. Yeah, he's, he's hyper-focused. The Bengals.com piece, and, and there were several late last week, is he's all ball. And that seems to be the consensus. All he wants to do is talk about football, play football, and it's nice to have a guy that that is that passionate. You know, and he's working out with defensive linemen, which I think is fun, working out like a defensive lineman, and he's a quarterback. I think that's pretty cool. And Dan Pitcher said he's sharp. He has an excellent retention of information, process very fast. He says, it does take time. It takes reps. It's that way for everyone, and it's not that it's not going to take him time. But he's just very well suited with his intelligence, his ability to see it and understand it. He'll learn fast. So you're getting that vote of confidence from the Bengals' new quarterbacks coach. Everything trending in the right direction. He's talking to Peyton Manning, getting tips from Peyton Manning, who famously had a rough rookie season and then went on to have, you know, one of the best quarterback careers of all time, of course. And it's, yeah, how crazy is that, by the way? The fact that. He got. He said he spent about an hour or so at least on a Zoom call with Peyton, and we knew he talked with him because Peyton revealed it a, a couple months ago. But still, that's that's awesome. And, and the other thing, actually, this might be the most surprising thing that came out of his his news conference. He lost weight. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting that he lost weight since the combine. He said he was around two twenty, two twenty one at the combine, and now he's around two fifteen. He looks like a good two fifteen. We saw that one picture from Black Sheep performance and he's he, he looks thick he looks like he's got fat in the right places uh but is lean as well so good for him if, if he was able to lean out a little bit more get in better shape and uh cut, cut a couple bad pounds and i think eventually his nfl playing weight is going to be closer to 220 but at 215 if that's what he said that's toward the bottom 
end of NFL quarterback waits. You know, Derek Carr, 215, I think he's listed at. So there's only a few guys down in that area. Uh, Lamar Jackson, James, you mentioned, 212. So I think that eventually he will put some weight back on. But he talked about cutting some bad weight, adding some muscle. You can't complain about that. I mean, he, he's obviously going to be in good shape. His guys transition to NFL conditioning programs. That's inevitable if they put the time in. And Joe Burrow, if if nothing else, is an incredibly hard worker, I think we've learned in the last couple months. Yeah, and, and part of it will be throughout the season, he talked about this too, you get a little puffier because you're not lifting heavy. You're not lifting to to get leaner. So right now he's going to he's gonna be in better shape than he is in October, November, December, where you, you're really just kind of putting on some fat and uh, – and lifting to maintain, and that's it. You get a little flubby as a quarterback. So I, I think that's every every signal caller. Maybe you go into the, the season a little lighter than you would in a normal year, you know, just because he knows he's going to put on a little weight. And if you go into the season at 221 or 222, well, then you may end up 230 or 233 and not be able to outrun some of these faster linebackers and defensive linemen in the league. So I, I think Joe uh, has done a good job, and I'm not concerned that he's at 215, say, instead of 220 or 225 like some of these other veterans. No, and, and I didn't mean to indicate that I was concerned with it. I was just pointing out that that is on the lighter end of NFL quarterbacks by their list of weight. Last thing to talk about, James, is walkthroughs are allowed to be part of the conditioning process, the conditioning period. So starting today, if you're listening on Monday, Joe Burrow will be able to throw to Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green in walkthroughs, and hopefully he takes some zip off the ball. He said he was throwing it too hard in their rookie walkthroughs in his first walkthrough last week, and he said everyone was too excited. Touchdown. I I can hear it now. Just Dan Horde, touchdown to A.J. Green, touchdown to Tyler Boyd, touchdown to John Ross. Hopefully it it happens, Jake, because I I think the Bengals' offense can be pretty damn good this season. So does Joe Burrow, who said that the wide receiver room is going to be one of the league's best, was was one of his quotes. Coming up next, we talk about one of the defensive position groups as we continue our positional preview for the 2020 Cincinnati Bengals. And we're going to start with safety, where it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of motion expected to be coming. Unlike pretty much every other defensive position group where there are a lot more decisions to make. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's continue our positional breakdown, Jake, and take a look at the Bengals' safeties. And this is one of the the many revamped positions uh, that that the Bengals have have added to this offseason. Obviously, the addition of Von Bell, who is going to start. Uh, Zach Taylor said it months ago in May when I I first started uh, or got back on the Bengals' beat that uh, he he was going to start. So Von Bell going to start opposite Jesse Bates. And I look at this safety room, and those two guys are – are pretty damn good. I'm not saying either one's going to be a Pro Bowl or anything like that, but it's pretty pretty good place to start, I think, in Bates and Bell. Yeah, it's a solid safety tandem. I, each of them brings 
a specific skill set to the team jesse bates will again be used as that deep middle safety and i think you'll still see a lot of single high out of the lou anarumo defense you might see more three safety looks I think that's where things start to get interesting. But let's talk about Von Bell a little bit before we start to talk about who at this point seems to be the third safety on the team in Sean Williams. Von Bell is a guy who is bringing immediate leadership from what I've seen to the Bengals defense, which is something that I think they were missing last year. They didn't have that vocal leader, right? They've got Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap on the team, but neither of those guys are the rah-rah, do-what-I-say follow my voice kind of guys. They're the lead by example kind of guys and you need those too. But one thing Von Bell immediately brings to the locker room is that attitude. And I think he's had it since he was at Ohio State. The other thing that he brings is that run support, right? Very good in the box, very good tackler, very willing run defender. I think fundamentally a sound player. So he does bring some things that this team needed, and I think it's a theme. And I was talking to Matt Minnick about this on Twitter the other day, is some of the issues the Bengals had in their secondary last year were communication breakdowns. And Von Bell is a guy who should facilitate better communication, should facilitate doing his job with consistency. He should. And the thing I love about Von Bell is his work ethic. So you sign a big deal like he did three years, $18 million. Multiple teams were after after him in free agency. I know the Browns were in on him. Uh, I think the Saints at least were semi-open to him returning, depending on the money. And then obviously the Bengals, among others. And he told Dan Hort a couple of months ago on the Bengals Booth podcast that he, he four times a week would wake up at 4 a.m. for 5 a.m. workouts, which is extremely hard to do if you've never done it. It's, it's extremely hard to do consistently, especially. And I saw last week a video of him at Sycamore High School in Cincinnati, and he was working out at around 525, 530 with Patrick Coyne of Black Sheep Performance. And it's like, wow, like there's no lights on in this stadium. It's completely dark. He's on a football field. It's not like they turned special lights on for him, and he's working there and getting that in. And I think that's such a – one, it sets an example for everybody else. But it's exactly the type of guy you want to bring in if you're trying to revamp a culture, uh, a guy who's willing to put the time in, a guy who's willing to go to Sycamore High School at 5 a.m. when training camp's about to start and it's about to get hard and it's about to be a grind, especially with everything going on, and he's still waking up that early to get his work in as he's done all offseason. It's just a, a good guy to bring in, and obviously you mentioned some of the what he brings to the field. Uh, the more I, I see it, the, the more I like the signing. Yeah, he's got really strong character. I think that's a pretty big factor in this. I mean, we saw it with multiple signings or bringing in the team captain type of guy. And I think that Von Bell fills that mold. What Von Bell doesn't do is, uh, and none of these safeties, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to get creative here, is who is going to cover tight ends in man? Who's going to cover Mark Andrews in man coverage when the defensive play call necessitates that? And I don't know. If the answer is Sean Williams, but it might be what the Bengals have to do. And so here's what I think we're going to see. I think Lou Anaruma, we saw last year, likes to play a little bit of a chess game with his defense. He likes moving parts. He likes doing more dime stuff than the Bengals ever did under Marvin Lewis. Under Marvin Lewis, the Bengals were a nickel team. 
and and they never really brought that additional defensive back on the on the field. The Bengals last year very willing to do so, in part because their linebackers were very bad. But after making a concerted effort to improve the linebackers through the draft and through bringing in Josh Bynes, they still got Sean Williams on this roster. And unless he goes somewhere, which is always something kind of in the back of my mind, if they decide, uh, you know what, we really only want the two safeties and we can save some money here. It's something that you, you can never be surprised with with the Bengals. But if he does make the team, which I think I expect, I think you're going to see a lot of three safety looks with Von Bell, Jesse Bates, and Sean Williams on the field together. And that makes a lot of sense to me. It, it really does. I mean, and the other wild card here, I think of Sean Williams and his athleticism and coverage. Is Akeem Davis Gaither a guy that you, you may trust in, in, in that role a little bit in, in guarding some of those tight ends? I'm not sure. I'm just throwing it out there because he could be a chess piece as well. But the point is, is you're right. Lou Anarumo has, has different ways he can use these guys and he has a bunch of versatile guys like to me von bell you can move him around a bit same thing with sean williams an experienced veteran that honestly is probably still wondering and i know he told jeff hobson this a couple months ago still wondering where he's going to be how he's going to fit and and hopefully they could find a way because if you're paying him four million dollars you want him to be able to be out there and, and help you obviously you don't want him to put him out there if he's not one of the best 11 but in certain situations he he could be and um, and then the other thing here, look, there are going to be injuries. Maybe Von Bell, Jesse Bates, you hope they both stay healthy. But if not, Sean Williams is certainly a perfect guy that can come in and pick up the slack as a, as a veteran presence. But uh, outside of that, Jake, looking at the safety room, how do you feel? Well, how do you feel about Trayvon Henderson? How do you feel about Brandon Wilson? We, we know Brandon Wilson as the, the returner is certainly capable. How do you feel about Brandon Wilson, the safety? Brandon Wilson, the safety, has played a total of 237 defensive snaps in his NFL career during the regular season. They haven't gone great. Uh, he, he has one game for PFF that's graded well, and that was six snaps against the Pittsburgh Steelers in week four. For the most part, he was coming out there in those multiple safety looks. I think that he is a fine depth player. He was a running back. He's a converted player. He's he's playing another position, but he, he he's a guy that's going to make this team, I think, primarily because he was the best returner in football when he was returning kicks last year, and, and that really is very valuable, and it was very valuable to the team last year when they couldn't get anything going on offense, and Brandon Wilson was that spark plug. Shouldn't be the case as much this year, at least you hope. The other guy you mentioned, James, Trayvon Henderson, was a college free agent in 2018. He's from the University of Hawaii. Can you imagine playing football out in Hawaii, man? That would be a pretty fun thing to do, huh? Paradise. Paradise. Sign me up. I'll do it at at soon to be 29 years old. I would love to uh, play for uh, Hawaii this year. What do you think? The Hawaii Warriors. Rainbow Warriors? I think it used to be, and now it's just Warriors, right? I I couldn't tell you. Trayvon Henderson, though, not a ton of regular season experience for the Bengals. He had only three defensive snaps in 2019 for the Bengals, but has been pretty good in the preseason, especially last year, week four. He's a preseason warrior. He's one of those guys that's kind of roster fringe. 
And I don't know how strong the argument is for him to make the team this year. It would be an injury thing. It could be, I can't imagine them keeping five safeties. I think it's, I think the three first guys are known well, and then it's Brandon Wilson. And then Trayvon Henderson is a practice squad guy that should have no issues getting to the practice squad and will be the call up as soon as they need another safety. That makes sense. By the way, it is Hawaii rainbow warriors. So still the rainbow warriors, which is a pretty cool name. Um, the, the one thing here I would say with Brandon Wilson, and I, I get why he would be a lock because of his special teams. Show you're capable. Just show you're a little sort of capable at playing safety so that the coaching staff doesn't just look at you as a returner. You know, as you develop as an NFL player, if he can do that, then he could stick around for a decade, right? Because if he's a really good returner and he can contribute on defense if necessary, uh, that's important. But I'm, I totally 100% agree. You have to think in terms of COVID-19 – Trayvon Henderson seems like a guy you keep around, and if you need to promote him for any reason, he's right there on that 16-man practice squad. I will say this for Brandon Wilson. The Bengals coaches think that he was the next best guy. When they needed somebody to step up and play, he got 55 snaps against Baltimore in Week 6, and just has been a real mixed bag, but you would expect that to some degree. He is 26 years old at this point. So he's probably relatively close to a finished product, but he, that that position transition from running back to safety, I mean, I would imagine that that is just going to take a lot of time. Tomorrow, Duke Tobin talks to the Bengals media, and we continue our positional preview for the 2020 Cincinnati Bengals as we will get through the defense this week. Until then, Bengals fans, who day, and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.